Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. As many of you know, we're heading to Park City, Utah this week for the Sundance Film Festival, where we're going to be hosting, in collaboration with our partner Stage 32, a series of free panels, lectures, pitch parties, and all kinds of exciting events throughout the festival. If you're going to be in Park City, come on down and join us. You can RSVP on our site, writeyourscreenplay.com slash parkcity. So come on down and introduce yourself, and I hope to meet you there. In preparation for all this festival excitement, we're going to take a little detour from our regularly scheduled podcast and bring you instead an interview from our very own studio director, Chris Littler, with filmmaker Adam Bowers. Adam shot a feature film, New Low, for only $2,000. And he ended up as an official selection of the Sundance Film Festival in 2010. He then managed to parlay that success into a whole new feature film, Paperback, at a much higher budget, which most recently premiered at the Austin Film Festival this year. If you're a film student here at the studio, you know it's an extraordinarily exciting time to be a filmmaker, because we're seeing more and more people like Adam who are making their own material, not stopping to wait for people to say yes and instead saying yes to themselves, developing great screenplays and going out and shooting them. And to give you a little bit of insight into exactly how that's done, Chris sat down with Adam and asked him a bunch of questions about his process, about what it means to be an indie filmmaker and about how he managed to shoot an entire film on only a $2,000 budget. He got some very interesting responses, particularly about some of the unexpected benefits of shooting a micro-budget film compared to a film with a higher budget. I think this is a really fascinating interview for all of us. So enjoy the interview, and please come visit me in Park City. For me, I'm interested in the, in the process of, of creating things, you know, taking things from uh, an idea to um, mm-hmm. whatever it is at the end, right? Um, yeah. and for you, it's uh, feature films, right? What what had you done um, filmically before you um, took on a feature length? I was trying to get into the film school at UCF, which is in Orlando, University of Central Florida, and um, and the first year I didn't get in. And I mean, I was you know I was eighteen. I didn't have any real experience except for like shooting sketches with my friends on weekends when I was in high school. But they were all like you know terrible. So. Um, <laughs> You know, um, and uh, and then um, the second year, I forgot to apply, actually, in time. Um, yeah, I was like, I remember sitting in class uh, in, in one of my, like, film pending, like, entry level, like, film classes that, that you take before you get into the actual thing. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to another guy who was getting into it and stuff. And I was like, hey, when are you going to send in your application? And he was like, that was due months ago. We're, <laughs> we're like, waiting to hear. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, but at that point, like, I really didn't like UCF. Um, it just, yeah. you know, like I was saying, Gainesville was a really good fit. And Orlando was kind of like the opposite of that. It was like uh, this really suburban, sprawly, like strip mm. mall. Bum, kind of a bummer place to live. Mm. Um, so I, my brother went to UF. So I, I I got this idea from a friend of mine. He was going through the telecom program at UF because UF didn't have a film school. Mm. He was going through the telecom program and treating it kind of like a film degree where he was basically because you got to make shorts mm-hmm. um, in the in, in the program. So he would uh, uh, 
use that as a way to make short films, have access to the equipment, and then learn like basic things from his professors, but really just kind of take it upon himself to to like learn and make things and develop his own like technique and style and stuff. Sure. Like kind of and, sandbox uh, education. What'd you say? Like sandbox, like you were given the resources and you just were left to yeah, play. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. But uh yeah, that's it. Um like a so sandbox, I, Adam. I get it. <laughs> it's a sandbox. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, uh, so I went over there. I moved, I, I transferred over to UF, um, and, uh, treated that like, you know, did the exact same thing basically where I was like going to school and I was like kind of in these like jar- more tel- like, you know, like telecom like trained you to be like a basically like a, a camera operator for like a local news station, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, if you're in that, in that production track of telecom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that I was kind of learning that stuff. And then every semester I was like finding an opportunity to make a short. And then one summer I made a, uh, and I didn't really know what quite what I was into then. I was, I had been writing scripts since I was like 15 or 14. So, uh, I, you know, I was used to that, but I wasn't, I was getting used to like making things and having like a, you know, figuring out what my thing was, um, yeah. in that sense. So, uh, I made a short, I actually did like this independent study sort of thing one summer while I was at UF, mm-hmm. uh, that was a, like a 40 minute short, um, mm-hmm. that just, you know, I didn't have anything to do besides make this short. So it was like, I was able to do this and it was, and the way I made all of these was just with like a skeleton crew of like, uh, two people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like a two person crew and a just like a person and a camera person. Yeah, basically. And, yeah. um, and I would sometimes act in them, but sometimes I wouldn't. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was really like a, just my, you know, gathering like a couple of friends making stuff together mm-hmm. with, with very minimal equipment and, 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 you know, money and then just trying to kind of do the best we could out of that and try to like be creative with getting around that issue. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, so I made this short for like four, uh, that was like 40 minutes for, hundred bucks or something like that. And, um, uh, you said a 40 minute short. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 40 minutes. Um, but it was, it was a totally no budget thing. That was for school that I just made with a couple friends. Right. Um, but it was kind of like, that was the first thing I wrote when I had like gotten into like Woody Allen. So how did, and you, I, how did you get into Woody Allen? Which I just Woody saw, Allen did you get into? Well, my first Woody Allen movie was match point, which I remember seeing in a, uh, theater with my parents uh one like sat sunday afternoon with a, every single other person in the theater was like old yeah. really old and had like white hair and stuff um so uh uh that was my first one and i and i thought it was like i liked it but i mm-hmm. it wasn't i just happened to see any hall uh at some point and mm-hmm. then i was like oh my god this is amazing because i grew up on like seinfeld and the simpsons and stuff too but but my, seinfeld was like the kind of defining thing about my sense of humor and stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, Seinfeld is very much like a descendant of, of that seventies era, Woody Allen stuff, I think. Um, so yeah, it, when I saw Annie Hall, I just was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. This is like, feels like a real like film and like the sense of like, there's an artist making this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also funny in the way that I, you know, see things and like, it has mm-hmm. like a, it, so it just like really clicked a lot, a lot for me. So I wanted to make something that was like, uh, kind of that felt like that um and you know i was i was in love with gainesville at the time like where i lived and and 
So I was like, okay, I can, I can take that and make that something that is in my, uh, put that in, put that like Woody Allen this that's mm-hmm. normally in Manhattan or whatever, put that in Gainesville in my world that I like find a certain romance and myself mm-hmm. and like give it this flavor of like punk and things like that that I also love. So I yeah. basically was trying to like combine a bunch of things that I liked mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I just made this short, uh, for a grade basically, um, with, a, with some friends. It was, it was really fun. Um, and it came out pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. or like people thought it would, you know, responded to it. They thought it was funny and, and kind of, uh, uh, just a little different, um, which was cool. So when I, when I graduated, um, I, I then went like and made another short after that for my like last semester. And then I graduated and stuff. And I was sitting there after graduation, I'd moved back home and I was trying to figure out where I was going to move. Cause I know I wanted to do movie stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I went to, I took a trip and I went to Austin and then I went to LA and then I went to New York and I wanted to kind of see what place felt the most right. Mm-hmm. And, um, LA kind of felt like the, the one that was, that had the most potential to get into. And I, and it, and it, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. So mm-hmm. I found like stuff to like about it. So, um, when I was there though, I saw, um, Paranoid Park by Gus Van Sant mm-hmm. at this like art house theater. And I realized I was just, there's something about it that clicked for me where I was like seeing it. He, it, he makes a lot of his movies in like the Pacific Northwest where he's mm-hmm. from. And so I was watching that. I was being like, wait, I can make a feature like in my own world, you know, mm-hmm. before I move out to LA, I should do that like while I can, because it would be a lot harder to do it out here. And have a and calling I have, card. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And then I, and I have this, um, kind of, I have a 40 minute short that I've already done that is like, that felt I had, like I had to condense it into 40 minutes instead mm-hmm. of a, you know, that was, it was like a feature condensed into 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I, yeah, I went back home and I, I decided to like stay for a little while longer and I moved back to Gainesville. Um, and all of my friends who were still there, we, we all made this movie together. Um, this like really small movie. Uh, and it was, it only cost like 2000 bucks. Um, and we shot it the exact same way, like a really small crew. We, we not, you know, we didn't pay for any locations, no mm-hmm. actor, nobody got paid really. I just like, it was friends right. making something together. Can, and, can uh, I have you, can I have you tell me a little bit about the writing process? Oh yeah, totally. Um, well I, yeah, so it took me about like, I'd already had the skeleton of this and a lot, and you know, a lot of the, was it based you know, the on characters. the short? Yeah, it's based on the short. Okay. Um, the movie is called new low and the short is, is called new, new personal worst. Um, and, oh, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically me. Like being like when I made the, the feature being like, I'm going to pull back a little on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fun that you can see that like decision in my head. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. So I, I really, I was, I, I, I wrote it while I was still living at home and like, you know, leeching off of my parents basically. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I, it took me like three months. I, to, to really like to have it basically fully written. Um, and, um, you know, for, for that, for new low, that was the first time. Well, that was not the first feature I've, I'd written. It was my thir- uh, fourth feature. Okay. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I was, it was kind of, be, it was before like Save the Cat and all that stuff. Um, so, but like, you know, I, I was still very much learning. Yeah. Um, and just kind of be, going by impulse. And, um, but what I did was 
I actually, because I was like, I really want to, I like, I, I want this to be like a new, like Woody Allen movie for like me and people like me, basically that right. really we can like connect with. And my favorite one, my favorite Woody Allen movie and like turned out, like ended up being Manhattan. Um, hmm. and so I basically, it kind of felt a little similar to that movie. So I basically like bro- broke down Manhattan mm-hmm. and then. And then put like my short on top of it and then just saw where it lined up and like used it as like kind of a guide to build this, the rest of the, the bigger spine of it and everything. Um, and that to me was like that, that helped a lot. That made it a lot like, uh, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was, you know, the whole thing was kind of an homage already. So I didn't feel right. like, you know, dirty doing that, but, um, because it was, man, uh, I mean, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but Manhattan is, is a love triangle in a sense, right? He's choosing between two women or. Yeah. It's not the same plot or anything, but it has that love triangle structure, which yeah. is really that that's kind of what I was pulling from. It was that, was that structure and the pace of it and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I, um, I write, uh, you know, I, I outline pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, my, my feeling is like to outline really heavily, like really know the every angle of the story mm-hmm. and then um uh and then when you write your first drafts i i always try to just be like really loose about it yeah um and then you know you'll have to like go clean it up again um on the second one yeah. but, but uh, um you'll fi- you know I, I just feel like so many fun little details you find and like find and you like go into these like quick little like directions and then go back into it and so if you're not like so in your head about it while you write the first one. So that's kind of, uh, how I do it. And I, I, I really like talk, but like I'm my, my movies, a lot of them are very like dialogue heavy. Yeah. So I, I do a lot of like talking to myself and I like act out all of the, like all the lines basically as I'm writing them and just kind of just that, that sort of thing. Um, and are the people but, uh, based on people that, you know, is, are the characters based on yourself? Like the, the, the protagonist or, yeah, the protagonist is based on me, and and that's kind of why I act in my stuff sometimes is yeah. because it's so specific. Yeah. Um, and it's a comedy, so it's like I don't know. There's something about comedy where it's like if it's specific enough of voice, it won't feel right coming out of anybody else. Um, so yeah, so it's that's based on me, and like you know, the, the like New Low, the 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 short and the feature are both everything is pulled from something yeah you know in real life like um i got the idea for the short when i i was like i was always like uh dating or like seeing girls in college that were um like just like not, not like the most wonderful people in the world um <laughs> uh, they were just like you know those rough around the edges like sure. punk girls or like uh you know they just they had ish, it, more issues than than uh, right. you know you would want. As opposed but, um, to you, who are have no I'm, issues I'm and right. yeah. totally you know clean cut and perfect. Totally, totally. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, so I I was seeing those girls and I was really like I was getting frustrated because that was you know I liked Gainesville a lot, but that was a big part of who uh, I ended up. That was my like dating life in Gainesville for the most part was mm-hmm. were these uh, girls who were like. They were kind of in, you know, like they were like the alpha and I was like, you know, yeah. they were scary to me. Yeah. So I, uh, I met this girl at this like 
because it's like, you know, a very granola town or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like, I went to this like protest rally for farm workers rights. And, um, I met this girl there who was like the total opposite of those girls. She was just really wonderful. Um, and very selfless. All she did pretty much was like volunteer mm-hmm. and like, uh, do charity work at like the soup kitchen there and stuff like that. And, um, and she just has a, had like a genuine sincerity about her that I liked. And so I really wanted to date her, but, um, I, I, w- I went out a couple times with her and then I realized that like, um, that like she was too good. I could, I didn't like connect with her at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a hard time. I had a hard time. Like we had no like sort of chemistry because she was just too nice and normal of a person. So I realized that like I was the problem basically that I thought, <laughs> or I won, I wondered, I guess. And kind of the script was a way to, for me to like ask myself, you know, or to kind of try to answer that question for myself of like, why does it work so well with these, these women who are, you know, uh, who you deem as like, you know, not worthy of you mm-hmm. when you can't, when it doesn't work with a girl who is, uh, you kind of like place higher. Right. And, um, uh, so I thought that would be a funny thing for a love triangle. And it just kind of clicked with me one day. I remember when I was like jogging, like, like the idea came and, uh, uh, well, way to slip in that you jog, bro. <laughs> well, I don't jog anymore. Oh, okay. but, uh, I did jog at one point. Yeah, in my yeah. life. Uh, I did jog once, but, uh, so, uh, yeah, so that, that like the idea kind of, usually the idea, it's hard for me to sit down and just be like, okay, let's, I got to come up with something. Like, I, I'll usually get like, you know, that kind of lightning strike mm-hmm. of an idea. And then I try to find a, a um, format i guess or like a framing to tell the story in like the way because it's a com- comedy like the fu- the funnier way that you can tell it um what does that mean for you does that mean like a like a heightening or like what, what do you how do you take something that's real and make it feel comedic um yeah that's a that's a good question i guess like uh for me like i another thing that i would do just naturally i would because, because, you know, I have like a comedy brain, so I always kind of see things that mm-hmm. way, is I would like, I had like, I have like, and I still actually do this, I have like uh, Word docs that are just like dozens and dozens and dozens of like pages long of just like lines and things like mm-hmm. that. And they're just things that like pop in my head when I'm like basically, uh, you know, mulling over something like over and over and over. There's like, you know, my like... uh like a funny attitude about it or whatever will come in and I'll just, I'll just recognize that and then I'll write it down. So it's like, I had a lot of those. So I wanted to, and it, and it fit with this, this kind of more abrasive, like romance that was at the center of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, like these, these work here. And I kind of tried to build it from both angles at the same time where I was like, uh, letting it kind of organically build itself and finding jokes in that sense. And like, you know, funny moments and things like Mm -hmm. that. And then also, I had these lines, like this database of like funny lines that I wanted to try to find a place for. Because to me, I, when I made, when I made New Low, I was like, okay, this is, and I had seen a couple of like Mumblecore movies at the time. That was like the, it was like the beginning of Mumblecore. Right. Um, and so I, I had seen like that there were really low production values in these movies, but you could still get something good out of them and everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
but my attitude was always like, and it was, I think it came from a little bit of like a place of like, maybe not in, maybe insecurity or maybe just trying to be like, do as much as I can. This is my version of like working as hard as I can. But like, I basically like tried to pack it with as much funny stuff as I could because I was afraid that if it wasn't funny, people, it wouldn't have value. Sure. Um, so my rule, and since then it pretty much is the same. It, and I, and, and you know, I, it's a good rule to follow in general, I think for comedy, but it also, I mean, for writing, I feel like it's, there's a version of it for non-comedic writing that I think you can use to of like, if you, you need that, you basically need to have the structure of the dialogue and the moments be set up punchline, set up punchline, whether that's like a, um, the end of a scene cutting into a new scene that is that provides the punchline to the end of the scene sure. that was the setup that makes sense or just even dialogue of like you know one character says something the other character you like you build the scene and the information that you need to get across in the scene that way and that was kind of a rule i had for myself of like basically i wouldn't go more than three lines without a joke but but that was kind of a rare case sure. um if it just felt organic to do that but for the most part i tried to do I tried to not, I tried to cut, I would cut lines if it wasn't, if it didn't, if it wasn't either a setup to a joke or the punchline to that joke. Mm. Um, and I tried to make it as tight and concise as I could. Um, and even when we, uh, when we were making it, like I was making it with a bunch of people that I, I, I got into like the college improv thing, mm. uh, that you as a kind of a big group, uh, for that mm. there. And so I got into that on my last semester. And, and I made, and I had like made some, uh, some, some friends, uh, who were kind of like my first like comedy friends mm -hmm. in a, in a while at least. And so I made a, the movie with a lot of them and we would, uh, we would riff while we were making it like the crew, like because it was such a small crew and we were all friends and stuff like that, you know, the actors would have an idea or the crew guys would have an idea, um, or you know, we we would sit beforehand and just try to come up come up with different versions of lines, and then just film them all. Um, just really trying to make it so everything hits. Yeah. And for better or worse, like I can get into that a little bit later about what I did differently with my second one. But um, uh, yeah, it was basically my approach to the first one was to uh to to make something that was really true to myself. Mm. You know, this kind of. Every, this kind of hodgepodge of everything that I loved, Woody Allen, romantic comedies and punk and Gainesville. Um, and this kind of existential dilemma that I was going through at the time. And, uh, and then just packing it with, with jokes as much as I could. Um, we call them just make them up silly yeah. times, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, yeah. So that's really like how I approached it. And, uh, and yeah, it, it, um, so, so I made that and then after I, after I, um, shot it like a week later, I moved to LA. I drove, I like had the movie on like a hard drive and, and I packed my car up and I drove across the country to LA and then I edited it over the course of the next nine months or so. Um, and you know, while I was picking up jobs and trying to like start my life basically mm -hmm. and starting improv stuff out there where I met you. Um, and, uh, and so I, it, it ended up, uh, yeah, it, it ended, I, I actually, it ended up playing at Sundance. Um, and I didn't, I wasn't actually even going to submit it, but, um, it, 
a friend of mine convinced me to on the last day that they were taking submissions. So I drove it down and dropped it off like right before they closed. Um, and yeah, can you talk yeah, about that ha- decision? Like what, why didn't you want to do it? And then, and then what happens? Uh, well, because I was broke and like it cost a hundred dollars right. and it just like, I, you know, I, I didn't, I don't, I didn't know a ton about the indie film world, the f- festival stuff, or just like anything in general, really. I just was a kid from Florida making these things right. in his own like little bubble. I literally, I had no had idea a what I was doing. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was my childhood. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I, I, it just was like one of those things where I was, I, I knew enough, even though I was so green that, uh, I was like this Sundance is like the biggest one. That's where movies like, you know, uh, you know, all, every movie that like is like in a festival yeah. or it comes from the festival world that you people actually know about is in or like, or, or like that's every movie, every indie movie that has like a big star in it. Like that's where that goes. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's obviously my movie is not that. So, um, but did you know yeah, about just, the, the, it was like a super low budget, like, um, type of entry, right? Yeah, yeah. There, there. The reason why the movie is in that was in the festival is because um, it was the first year of a section called the Next Section, which is for movies I think under five hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and um, uh, which is I would love to have a movie like still I would love to have a movie with that budget, but um, uh, that's really low, you know, yeah. for most movies. So, um it was for that it was by like basically new filmmakers and things like that so it was it was kind of a way like there was kind of a change of the guard at sundance that year so it was their way of trying to re uh uh redesign right. the it, its image and its, its accessibility so at that point yeah, they luckily, were like they were debuting you know major feature films you know yeah it was a response to that basically right. of like we this is like a little bit out of control, but how do we do, like, how do we make room without having them compete directly with these huge movies yeah. that they wouldn't stand a chance against? So, um, so yeah, if it was a year before or a year after, well, maybe a year after, but like, if it was a the year before, it would not have, it would not have gotten in. I like guarantee it. Hmm. And, um, uh, so, so I, yeah, I, I just, um, I sent it in and then I forgot about it and I didn't expect anything from it. And I was kind of bummed that I, you know, spent a hundred bucks, but, um, uh, I, yeah, I just got, I got a call from them, uh, around like Thanksgiving and, and, uh, they said they, that it was in and everything. It was a really crazy, unexpected experience that it was like, I was, you know, I was in no way prepared for or anything like that. I was like one of those, you know, you just try to hang on. And, uh, what would you say to someone that had just gotten their film into Sundance? Um, well, there's a lot that happens if you get a movie into Sundance. There's a lot of great, things that happen and one of them is that you know uh it's likely that you'll probably get like some attention from like managers agents and everything so it makes that kind of stuff and sales agents yeah ex-girlfriends <laughs> coming out of the world um and uh and sales agents for the movie and things like that so it makes that sort of stuff a lot easier mm-hmm. um than it is if you play as like a second you know kind of a second tier festival which is like the experience i'm on right now with my new movie where you have to like you have to do a lot more legwork and try to like hustle and, and try to find those people on your own. Whereas if it's a Sundance, they kind well, of come to you. What does that look like? Um, Is that like going to parties or and, and how do you prepare yourself to succeed in that? 
Um, well, they, they do a pretty good job of, and that's m mostly, to be honest, it's like mostly just like you get emails from people right. and stuff, but, uh, Sundance, Sundance does a good job of like welcoming you in and, uh, kind of like they have an orientation in December before the festival where all the directors go and, and meet and everything. And, uh, um, they do a good job of like, you know, they, they, for the programmers and everything, like they, you're like the focus of the festival for them as the, are the filmmakers. So they help make it easy, but it was like, it was still a very surreal, weird experience. Just, you know, being 25 and being there, you know, knowing I was, I was pretty much like the youngest person there with a feature probably. And it was probably, it was probably the smallest, uh, narrative feature that they had ever mm -hmm. played at the time. Um, budget wise right. and everything. I'm pr I actually, I, I asked a programmer that one time and he said he, he said he thought that that was the case. So it just felt like there was a, you know, it was, it was overwhelming in a lot of ways. There were a lot of like those parties right. and stuff and like, you know, press things and you just, it's, it's a, you almost it, were like it was, a mascot for them, you know, to show them like, Hey, look, yeah, look this I, guy, you know, he made a $5 movie, you know, he's, he's here at Sundance yeah. too, right? I think that that's true a little bit that like for the first year, like it was, it was beneficial for them to have somebody like me who was like this kind of out of nowhere person. Cause there were a couple of uh, people who had done a couple things right. before and movie movies that were not, you know, made for nothing and everything. So, um, I think it did help color that section differently in a, in a way mm -hmm. that was good. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a crazy experience. And then, um, and the movie had a sales agent and everything. And then they, uh, um, and we worked, you know, we tried and tried to get it distribute, get distribution for, um, a, for almost a year before we finally found something that was good. And, uh, um, it played at other festivals and stuff, but it was, this um, is the beginnings of the kind uh, of Netflix, you know, VOD yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. It was after, or yeah, it was definitely before what it's yeah. like now. Um, and I think that also is a reason why it was, it was able to get in. Like, um, you know, there's just, there's a lot more movies now than there were five years ago when, when new low played Sundance and, um, and like, yeah, there's just like there, you can make movies for that much. And like my movie, I shot it on a, uh, DVX, which is a standard mm -hmm. definition digital camera. and like on tapes with like little, little cassette Holy tapes. Shit. And it seems um, archaic. Yeah. 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 So it was like, it, it, it kind of was like, I feel like it maybe was the last standard definition movie of its, like of that kind mm -hmm. that because like every, even iPhones now are high wow. def. So it's like no, nothing is shot on standard definition anymore. Really? Um, but, uh, you know, I might be wrong. I don't know, but that's Let's just, just say kind that's of my, true. like, thing. okay. You know, who cares? <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, so the going, you're taking these meetings at Sundance. I, I would assume people are asking you about what you're doing next. Um, was was paperback in your mind at that point? You know, no, no. I uh, actually like. So I got. I was really lucky. You know, like I, I, this whole thing is like about basically like a story about like a kid getting super lucky. And I got a manager and an agent at like a, at good. You know. Uh, companies mm -hmm. and, uh, 
but I had nothing, I had nothing on my like sleeve, which they, you know, is not good, but that was just the case because I produced, like, I just had to finish this movie. It was like only yeah, me it's like, basically. Like everything in your being movie. to make this thing. Yeah. Like, they're like, you know, what's next? Yeah. What do you have? Yeah. So I, and I, you know, I still actually, I was still kind of like finding my voice because that was the only, that was the only thing that I had written basically. It was like the same as the short. It wasn't like a new style or, or even story. It was like, you know, it was just a kind of a, an expansion of that. So I didn't really quite know what was unique about me. So I talked, you know, I would talk to my like reps and everything and we would try to, we would, I would kind of like, I, I, I was coming up with ideas for things and I was like kind of pitching it to them and everything and, and nothing was really mm-hmm. quite working and, or just feeling right. And I could feel it too, but they were really good about like kind mm. of pushing me at the time to be like, yeah. um, they, they basically, you know, they, they would just like, well, they wouldn't tell me something was good if it, if it wasn't good. And, and the things that I was coming right. up with weren't good enough at the time, at least, or like at the stage it was in. Um, mm. so I, uh, I just, I kept trying to think about stuff and then, and then I ended up after all these kind of more random ideas I had, like I had an idea for like a murder mystery comedy sort of, uh, thing that was very different. And that was, that was one, that was an, mm-hmm. I remember that was one that I, one of the ones I took farther than other ideas. But then I ended up coming mm-hmm. up with this, this story that, uh, um, kind of lived in the same world and the same style as New Low. And mm-hmm. it, you know, it was kind of a grittier comedy. Um, and they liked it and I wrote a draft and everything and it came, and it came out in a way that it was, you know, it was like, it was just that sort of, feeling when it's like oh this is like this is right this is the next thing so um mm-hmm. so i wrote that and it was really long and there were a bunch of drafts of that like going back and forth and we got it to a place uh where we liked it a lot and i had met a producer at sundance that i'd become friends with um she had produced mm-hmm. another movie in the section and she wanted to attach herself to the movie and she wanted to try to make it together and uh um so it was there was a couple years where uh, you know, after it was maybe a year after I'd gotten them or like nine months where I, until I had mm. written something like the, for the, you know, this movie in some form. And, uh, there was a couple of years after that where I was like, they were sending me out on, <clears throat> on auditions and everything. Cause I, I still, you know, I was an actor in this too, which helped me get right. my representation. I think, um, just having that variety of, uh, uh, you know, things to, to offer. And, um, yeah. And so I was doing that and we were trying to get this movie made and we took it to IFP, which is in New York and they have a conference for like movies and development to try to pair them with either, either producers or if you have producers like, um, uh, financiers, investors, things like that. And so we did that and we attached an actress. We, atta- we had a company attached, um, uh, as like an EP, uh, like a really good indie company. And, um, mm-hmm. and basically we were trying to package the move, this new movie around me, around me as an actor too. So I'd be directing and mm-hmm. acting on it. And because it was the similar thing of, uh, I had written something that was where the protagonist was so, so much my voice that just, yeah. it was hard to picture anybody else doing it. Um, right. and, uh, so we, we tried to find a way to package the movie in a finance financeable way that's not a word um uh-huh. uh yeah. okay cool 
And um, we, and it just, we ended up not being able to really find like the right alchemy for it. Um, hmm. And we were still kind of, we were still trying, but at that point I, I had, uh, I had written a couple of other things at that point. I'd written one script just to sell like a broader kind of studio comedy. Um, and mm-hmm. I, cause I was like desperately trying to find a way to like make money off of these opportunities that I had, um, yeah. because it was, I was not doing it at the time. And, um, and so I wrote one of those and then I wrote a, a movie that was because this movie, this, this movie that we were trying to get made was like an under a million movie, but that's like close to a million. Um, mm-hmm. it wasn't something I could just go and shoot, you know? So I, right. paperback is this, my second movie is the one that I also wrote while we were trying to finance this, this other script, which is called, uh, we're a wasteland. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a movie I wrote specifically to be like, okay, I wrote it back for it to, I set it back in Gainesville and I wrote it in a way where I was like, okay, I know that I can go take this and make this for very little and kind of like squeeze every penny the way I did with new low. Um, and right. so at a certain point I just was like, it just felt like it was time where I was like, okay, we're kind of spinning our wheels a little bit with this, this bigger movie. I don't want to, I like, I don't want to stop working on it and everything, but I'm kind of, I don't have anything mm-hmm. to do really. So I might as well go and try to make something else and like get my reps and, and like build my, you know, just build my craft. Um, your yeah, quads. Like, yeah, your quads. I mean. Um, yeah, it's, it seems like a kind of a perpetual conundrum where you have, what like what to do next after you've hit you know you you had a movie at yeah. Sundance, you know you were able to do that. So the question is, do I do the same thing again, but mm-hmm. better, or do I try to do something different? And that's it's just an interesting thing to yeah. me that you were you were kind of had, trying to do both things. Yeah, well, you know? the, that was a that was a problem specifically that I had that I think because I was a filmmaker who had made a movie, a no, a totally no budget movie that like looked and yeah. felt like a no budget movie. And it had it, that was part of its charm, but like they were, I wasn't fooling anybody. Um, they, uh, you know, it was very hard to, to like the, to, to come up, to seem legitimate. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and so paperback is like a, it's a bigger movie by it's like over, you know, 10 times the size of it or like, you know, it's like 20 times the size of new, of new low at least. And, um, mm. but it's still really, really small. Um, so it was kind of like a way where I was like, okay, I worked it out with, um, uh, my friend who was producing the, the bigger movie. She was kind of on board as the executive producer of paperback. And, um, we worked at, we worked it out where she helped me figure out the budget and everything. And then, um, I went and made it, and the the idea was that I I was like, okay, if I if it's if I'm having trouble jump making that leap from a two like a two thousand dollar movie to a eight hundred fifty thousand dollar movie, um, uh, I'll I'll do like I'll I'll add a little like step or a stone to like jump jump to in between those things, and that was paperback. So it was supposed to be kind of like a, the middle ground, um, in a way, and it's you know it definitely is still on the side of new low, but uh, um, it. It was kind of the idea was that I would like make something kind of hone my thing more, uh, get reps in, and then also like 
do something a little bit bigger that that like helps add mm. legitimacy so I can make this other thing. It was really kind of supposed to be like a a one of those like in between movies that is still like you care about mm. and sometimes can produce like the better movie, but uh mm. it just was like it was like a movie that I was doing to like fill time and like to try to stay fresh and like, you know, up on it. And how was the Kickstarter process? Oh man, it was the worst. <laughs> It was, uh, I feel like that's a, that's a pretty common. Yeah. It's just really hard. It's really say. hard. Um, I thought like I was way overconfident, um, because yeah. I was like, you know, it's not that much money. I knew how little money it was because I had also seen movies asking for a lot more by people who yeah. had, didn't have a feature play at Sundance. Um, so I just like, I was, I was overconfident, uh, and it just ended up being, yeah, really hard. Um, and, you know, the Kickstarter stuff, I always say that, like, the beginning is really easy. You get, like, a ton of money at the beginning and you get a ton of money at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the middle is, like, this, like, dead zone where you're just, you're desperately trying to figure out how to stay relevant and stay on people's radars and feeds and things like that. Um, but uh, it was, a, you know, it was, like, a full-time job, basically. It was the Kickstarter. And, um but we ended up, you know, we ended up making it and, uh, uh, and, and, and the whole thing was super rushed too. Cause it's like, I wanted to shoot, uh, in Gainesville before, uh, fall semester started. And that mm. was, you know, we, we did the Kickstarter in like July or whatever. So I actually had to like, uh, I had to go and start prepping the movie while the Kickstarter was still going at the end. And like when we kind of just jumped right into it and everything, but, um, yeah. Wow. So it was, uh, why was it important that it happened before? The I was just semester? worried about, cause I, it was really just a more from a producing aspect of like, uh, I want to be able to get all these things. I'm, I was, I was try I was worried that, you know, my plans to kind of, uh, finagle my way into getting locations and things like that, um, would be, mm-hmm. would be like hampered by, uh, by the crate, like, cause when, when it's summer in Gainesville, there's like way less people there. It's just way less. Yeah. It's way less crazy. So we ended up like going into the fall semester, like while we were shooting and because we pushed a week or a couple of weeks, but, uh, it ended up being totally fine. Um, and, uh, yeah, but it was, it was kind of this thing when I went back there, it was really weird to go back to my like college town, by the way, it was just like, it was creepy after like, yeah, after like seven years. Um, so, uh, um, and to have such a strange experience, you know, to have made something there and then, you know, be coming back and making something that you say 10 times bigger, I'd imagine it's, surreal. yeah, it was, it was, it was, tri- it was, yeah, it was surreal. And it was also like tricky because I didn't know, I, that was my only experience still was to, was shooting that first movie. And I had actually was able, I got like a commercial or two when, since I mm. was out there. So I, I did have a little bit of ex- more experience, but, um, uh, I, my only reference point for making like a small indie movie was new low, which was this, you know, this like group of like four kids, like being like, Hey, can we shoot here? Or like just grabbing the shots mm-hmm. or like, you know what I mean? With like, with like a holding like a China ball lantern as like our only light source and things like that. Um, right. and this one had a, had a fuller crew. We flew in like the DP and the sound guy and the DIT from LA cause they were, those are, you know, very specialized, like, skills that we wanted to make sure were good and then the rest of the crew we we pulled in from like 
who were students or people who were like living there who wanted to help. And they, uh, we, they, they worked for free, which was great. I mean, we fed them and everything, but like that was the only way we could make the movie. Um, and all the actors right. too, we, we flew in, um, the three other leads in paperback from LA. Uh, we cast mm-hmm. them out here or out in LA and then we flew them to Gainesville and then everybody else I cast locally, all the smaller parts, which was, I, I mm-hmm. actually, I, I like that way of making a movie. What, you know, with the cast and the crew, uh, like when you go into a smaller place, especially if it, I mean, if it's a small movie that can't afford to do things legitimately, um, then, uh, you know, this is like a, this is a, there's a, there's a good quality about this alternative that is, that I, mm-hmm. has value, which is like it being made by the community. Um, and, right. So that was a cool part about it. And, uh, but yeah, it was, you know, it was a tough, it was, it was way harder than New Low was because we were just a bigger movie and I wasn't a kid and people knew who I was from the first movie. But, um, you know, we were still, everybody was super, super generous with their time and what they were able to offer and everything like locations. Again, we, we, I don't think we paid for a, a, a location. Um, but we definitely. So then, what what made it more difficult? Um, well, we did have to do like all, all we uh, produce the producers had to do like all of the like standard like paperwork and and things like that and like and clear right. things and we it was just like it was a bigger movie that I was trying to make in a, in the same way as the small movie I made and I think that was kind of yeah. like the mistake of of it. Um, but you know, it, it came out. Uh, I'm super happy with how it came out. Um, but it was just. It, yeah, in the way that New Low was kind of like this like charmed movie where it like never rained when we were shooting and stuff like that. This one was kind of the opposite mm. where it just was like it was a hard shoot in that sense of like every time, every day there was like a hard. And that's kind of true about shooting always. It's like there's always one thing that go, like is like is a disaster every day you shoot. Right. Um but uh yeah, it just it just worked itself out that it was it was a more challenging one. And I think uh it was it just lived in this weird middle ground of a totally run and gun like no budget uh movie like the first one and then like this bigger movie that like we had an actress um the lead actress is uh like a known actress so like she mm-hmm. came in and it just was like so we had those elements in there and but it was still kind of being made this other way that just it was it's more of like a in retrospect i would have uh not uh expected things the, the like to to go the same way as new low when it went in reality like right. a good example is um both of the movies have a lot of have a pretty like uh designed soundtrack um uh, like the yeah. first one new low it's like i just wanted to use bands that were from Gainesville to kind of capture, to try to help capture the sound and, um, and the spirit and everything. And, uh, mm-hmm. so I used bands that were either from Gainesville or just had a strong Gainesville connection. And for paperback, mm-hmm. I, and I got all, all of those bands for free. Um, I emailed them and I, like my lawyer who I got after I played Sundance, when he found out that I didn't have any like actual, like official rights to the music, you know, he helped me get a, uh, draw up a little contract thing and then i i had to track you know the bands down after the fact and like get them to sign it and everything um but but they all signed they all did it for free and it was it was great and i it was like a good example is like i expected the same 
thing to happen with paperback where it was like, okay, this is a small movie. Mm. I can't offer anything. You know, I can offer very little. Um, maybe they'll just be happy to be involved because I'm finding bands that are still underground. Um, right. But I branched out a little bit more, uh, than I would. And I went after like a little bit bigger bands than, than maybe I did the first time. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah. but that was, that proved to be a lot more difficult. And I had to, that, that took, I had to learn basically music licensing. And, uh, I, I found like a music supervisor who helped walk me through it, but I had to do like all the lake work and, uh, um, Yikes. Well, you're in that kind of weird in between place between the, you know, the low budget. Yeah, exactly. I, like, I can't afford to pay anybody actual. That's, that's really the main thing is like, you can't afford to pay people what they are used to getting paid, but you can't, yeah. you know, you still need to do them, do, you still need them, uh, do things the yeah. way that they have to be done. Or as, as another right. movie is like, you could get away with not doing the thing those things that way or like using those people and stuff like that but so it was it was really just like a, sh- a shortage of money um it was like a it's like a budget level that i wouldn't want to do again because it was so kind of counter uh productive to itself um if that makes mm-hmm. sense but uh yeah if you would if you were to recommend to someone who's making you know low budget movies what what is that valley do you that you think that you should not even try to exist within there's the super low budget where it's like people will just do everything for free. Cause they're like, Oh, you know, this guy's got yeah. no money. What, where, do, at what point do you get to like the kind of safety point? I mean, I think that like, yeah, I think the, uh, this second movie is kind of a really good example of the, the, the Valley that you kind of, that's not, that you're just only like setting yourself up for, for trouble to be in. Like, mm-hmm. and I couldn't really get out of it. Um, once I, cause you know, the movie is like designed to be a certain way. It's designed to have a soundtrack that's like this with all these different bands. It's not designed to have a score, you know, or like, or right. no, or, or a very minimal score or something like that. Like you could maybe do with a smaller movie if you planned it out that way. It was like once you, sh- once you shoot mm-hmm. it, that's what you got and you got to build it. You know, I think you have to remain true to, to what you initially wanted as much as you can. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that like doing something for like under 10 grand, um, or like 20 maybe, but even that's, that's like a very high end thing or like you just do it, you know, you get financing the way it's like, I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe like if the movie was, if the, if paperback was, you know, I'm not a huge like budget wonk or whatever the phrase is, but, uh, yeah. um, if the movie was like a hundred thousand dollar movie, it probably would have been come out pretty much the same, but would have been like, would not have like been this insane, stressful, like crazy hard thing to pull off. Um, well, you just throw money at problems. Yeah, exactly. If you have that money to spend. Yeah. So you don't just get, it just, you just save yourself time really. Um, yeah. And also just like, there is that, you know, you save yourself a lot of stress too, because there's that, uh, worry of you know there was a lot of moments during paperback where i was like i don't know if i'm going to be able to pull this like through the needle and i ended up being able to do that um but it it was really tough like i had the movie like the movie was um uh after i edited the movie because i edit my my stuff myself too um after i edited Mm -hmm. it i needed to send it to a sound uh editor and with new low i found a kid who was a student a sound editing like student at this post-production school in Burbank, uh, who did it for 200 bucks. And he, 
uh, we used like the school's studio and he was happy to do it because he wanted, uh, you know, that experience and that credit. And we didn't know it was going to play Sundance at the time or anything like that, but he was happy to get that, like that experience. And, and for me, 200 bucks mm-hmm. is like, a, you know, a steal because I could do nothing. Yeah. Uh, like they, he knew all the stuff that I couldn't do. And I found a sound editor for this movie through people that were working on the movie. And, um, it was a similar thing where she was like really inexperienced, uh, but she want, so she was able to, she offered to do it for a low rate. Um, it was not $200, but it was low. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, and she, you know, and, and she wanted that experience. Um, and it was just like this, it just was like, it was like a nightmare. Um, it was really, yeah. really hard. She like, it was, she bit off like way more than she could chew. And she, it was like, I, there were a couple, there was some, a period of time with, with the movie where I like, I was trying to just get the movie from her to like, give it something oh, up. No. Yeah, I was kind of, but I ended up finding like, <laughs> and that was like something where I was like so stressed out. I was like, this movie is like on, like the, it was, it was in really bad shape. And we were having to send it out yeah. to festivals with the audio in really, really bad shape. And she just like, the sound editor was just like not working on the movie and everything. And, and using the ratio of like amount of work versus how much she was paid and everything as a way to, as an excuse yeah. to do that. But, uh, um, so like I was so, I just was like, okay, I just have to, I'm going to continue to go through the motion, like follow through with this and just try to do what I can. But I really don't know mm. what's going to happen with this. If it's going to even turn out to be like watchable. Um, and, mm. uh, and a, luckily a friend of mine, like, he told me about a mixer he uses who he like loved, who was great. And the guy saw the movie and liked it and he wanted to do it. And then he ended up having to redo a lot of her work. Um, but mm. he felt so like bad that it was that he was like, he was happy to do it. He felt so bad for me in the movie and everything that he was happy to do all that stuff, but he actually ended up like saving the movie. And those angels. I know. Yeah. It was, you need those. You need a few of them. Totally. Every movie, right? It was like, he, I don't know what the movie would be like if it wasn't for him. Um, so, and that was something that I didn't, you know, the movie, we finished the movie in September totally. Um, and I didn't have him on until June maybe. And he had to take, like, he was doing this in his off hours, but he, uh, and, and, you know, he had to do a lot of more work than he thought. Um, so he took, it took him a yeah. while, but because he was so, Good, you know, I didn't mind at all because of how, uh, uh, you know, enthusiastic and like cool he was about it. But, um, it was one of those things where, uh, yeah, I just like it, 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 you, you find yourself in things like that where it's like you just like hope and pray that something that you find a solution that works. Um, yeah. And you, you just kind of do the best you can. And then sometimes, like, you know, sometimes you'll get lucky, hopefully, or if you just kind of, if you're just like persistent enough, you get lucky, you find a way to make it work in a, in a way that, that is okay. Um, in a way that you can live with. And, but that's like, these are things that if I had, if the movie was, you know, a hundred thousand dollar movie or whatever, um, it would, that would not be an issue. You know, it would be like, I'd be able to have hired somebody for the right price, you know, who, was was more prepared and everything in the first place and mm. just do things that like it's yeah money definitely is 
you can make very cool things with with very little money, but I think you just have to embrace the limitations of it. Um, and yeah. that's kind of what I did for my first movie that I kind of tried to not do with my second movie, and it, it just ended up being really difficult. And it, it yeah, like for, it is what it is, and it came out like how it it came out how I like wanted it to for the most part. And, um, uh, but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, uh, wish that, you know, like if it was a small movie, I would have had this mindset the whole time and been like, it's going to look like a small movie. We're not going to make apologies for it. And we're going to, it's going to make it feel fresh. We're going to like, yeah. Um, but it's tough. I mean, that's easy to do with like a dialogue driven relationship driven movie. Um, I think you have to get more creative, the more, or the less that it is something like. Right. What, what's, uh, what's, what's going on? What's your plan now? Um, well, I redid, I did a big rewrite on that script I was trying to do for a couple years and I want to take Mm -hmm. that back out again. And I'm writing something right now that is, that, that is like a shoot on weekends in like apartments sort of thing. Um, because mm-hmm. I kind of like I like having things at different budget levels going at each you know mm-hmm. at any time and uh um so yeah that, that's kind of what I'm doing right now and uh hopefully like the my my like passion project is this bigger movie that we were trying to get made and especially now that I've rewritten it it's like I've freshened it up for myself and like it feels really uh right now so I want to find a way to do that but um did you like add a talking monkey? Yeah, that's that's the only change. And I was like, I really connect with this more. I don't know what it is. Uh, but uh, well, how can people how can people find your stuff? Um, so yeah, my the, my first movie is called New Low. Um, we're on Facebook. You know, if you look us up on Facebook, uh, uh, there's a, we have a page that we update regularly, or you can go to newlowmovie.com. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, my second movie or my new movie that just played at Austin. Uh, uh, last a couple weeks ago is um they were we're on Facebook too um it's facebook.com slash paperback film or paperbackfilm.com um and you can find out stuff like that well this has been a pleasure right, uh, yeah dude good to talk to you yeah I mean there's just so many you know awesome lessons to be learned from this experience because like you said like you have such a unique perspective of someone that was you know did something that was in his heart kind of bared his soul made something and then was thrown into this kind of surreal situation and are trying to navigate, you know, the, the great things that came out of it and also the kind of pitfalls that, you you know, no one could have even warned you about because no one's been in your situation before. Yeah. But, you know, so it's it's really fascinating to me. Yeah. No, I yeah. The main main takeaway, I feel like, is um, that nobody holds your hand through these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to really take it upon yourself to just like learn and adapt and just try to keep up when you have opportunities like that. And then, yeah, I think just like, I didn't, I didn't want to move out to LA without having made a move a feature. So I just figured out how to do it. And that I I think, I think more people are doing that now, which is very cool. Um, and yeah, I just feel like you can't really go wrong if you're just making something that you really, that really appeals to you and speaks to you. Thank you so much. Chris, and thank you, Adam, for that wonderful interview. Um, 
If you're a filmmaker and one of our students, please reach out to us um, because we want to do more of these kinds of stories. We want to get your stories out there and help um, other writers to break down the walls that seem to separate you from Hollywood. And I want to really focus in on one of the things that Adam was talking about, this idea that ultimately this comes down to creating something that speaks to you. We work in a really crazy industry and nothing is assured for anyone. We don't always know where our success is going to come from. And, and the truth of the matter is it takes a lot of stars to align for a movie to be successful. But the feeling of creating something that you love is a guaranteed feeling of success. And so often we end up waiting around for that perfect time, for the right amount of money, for that amazing producer who's going to invest in us. And what I'd like to suggest to you is instead to do what Adam did. You may have to embark as he did at a time when you don't feel completely ready. You might have to start at a time when you don't feel like you have enough money. You may have to make mistakes and then remake them and then remake them and teach yourself this crazy process of being a screenwriter and being a filmmaker. But the exciting thing is that we live in a time now when you can actually say yes to yourself. So go out there, make something beautiful, and then tell us about it. You go to our website, writeyourscreenplay.com, share your stories, and hopefully we can help you make your own screenwriting dreams come true.